Welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, we're joined by a very special guest, longtime friend, Eric Nuncio, CEO, founder, and owner of Lion Life. This program is helping to train the youth, not just with basketball skill, but even molding the next generation. Then you have an apparel line. Uh, you did college basketball, incarnate word, professional basketball in Mexico for three to four years with the NNLNBP. Welcome to the show, E. Man, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. All right. How's your day going so far? It's doing great, man. Just had me a good little lunch. You know, had to come by here. Hey, Give me some man. love, man. Oh, it's a blessing to have it be up here. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad you were able to come. I think uh, I told you earlier, but when I think about you and your brand, I think about tenacity. I think about passion. I think about focus. I think about determination and even as you and I have got together, got together and have talked, I think about perseverance and what you've overcome. Um, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful for your time, spending a little time together, sharing about your journey. So I know you, a lot of your brand is already connected with me and, and it's hit me. And I'm excited that the people that tune in are going to be able to be, be affected and influenced by what you have to say. Like I said, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's been, it's good that, you know, I got someone here that's really wants to pretty much know uh, what's going on and, mm -hmm. you know, what, what the purpose is of what I've started and, and, you know, what the, what I want in the future and in the past and everything that's happened and yes, I continue, yeah, kind of get right. better every time. You know, we were talking earlier, like this, there's an idea where people might see the finished product. But they don't know the journey. Right. But the journey contributes to the finished product. So when it comes to you, I know um, I think I probably have early memories of you um, from the high school basketball. You know, you were playing at Taft. Uh, tell us a little bit about maybe we'll cover your basketball journey and then we'll segue into Lion Life. OK, cool. Tell us about the, the high school basketball experience for you. So um, high school basketball was actually a very like critical time in my life. For the simple fact that I was going through so much personally, like away from it was bigger than what just, you know, most kids in high school just have to wake up, play sports, you know, go to mm -hmm. school and stuff. And mine was a little different. Um, I was, you know, facing a lot of issues that were going on health wise with my parents or, you know, my my guardians um, to where. I just couldn't just focus on basketball. I had to, you know, kind of focus on a lot of other things that were going around that has, you know, pretty mm -hmm. much for your mental. Sure. Um, and so, like, it was it was a little tough for me, you know, having to play sports and still have to kind of keep things, you know, in, mm -hmm. intact with what I was going. But it kind of helped me build, you know, what I wanted to do in the platform of what I'm doing now, that time in my life kind of triggered everything to where it's at now so mm -hmm. playing sports you know basketball that 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 was like my home away from home you know yes. like there'd be so many things going on mm -hmm. away from um you know the sport and when i'm playing basketball that's all i think about mm -hmm. you know i forget about my problems for about everything that's going on so i was constantly finding myself at the park or you know mm -hmm. just shooting around and you know, playing people in my head one on one. Right, right, right. A little sh shadow <laughs> yeah. dribbling and crossover. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, now, yeah. when did you first start seeing yourself elevated as far as seeing yourself stand out from the competition? Um, I started to see it probably when I, uh, maybe around tenth grade. Um, okay. I had moved to Missouri. My my mom, oh, my stepfather was stationed in Fort Leonard Wood, and my mom mm -hmm. moved. They all, my family, they all moved to Missouri with my stepdad. And I stayed back with my grandparents mm -hmm. just because I was I was very attached with my grandparents growing mm -hmm. up. That's who raised me. Um, so um, at one point I had to move 
to Missouri because my mom had got really sick. Um, my mom had cancer. Um, so she had got really sick in Missouri and I moved from school. So I was at Taft for a little bit. I ended up moving to school in, in Waynesville, Missouri. Wow. And I went to school out there. Uh -huh. And and um, that's what really made me realize that, you know, what I have, I, I get the skill that I have in basketball and the you know, the the game that I bring is I went to another place and it kind of picked up where I, it just picked up where I left uh -huh. off. You know, I didn't have to, you know, work. I mean, I'm not saying I didn't have to work for what it was, but my, my game spoke for itself. And so that kind of got me confident in knowing mm -hmm. like, you know, my game is pretty where yeah. I need to be. Yeah. So, I, so, I, so for you, if you did it in Texas and then you did it in Missouri, you're like, hold on, like I didn't just stand out in San Antonio, but I'm standing out over here as well. So if these two places are saying the same thing, then it has to be some truth in it as far as my skill being at the next level. Right. So when my mom got a little bit better, I, you know, I came back home because my heart was in San Antonio playing with mm -hmm. friends that I grew up with and stuff. But when I came back, I just came back with a different confidence, you know, mm -hmm. like just knowing like, hey, this is where this is kind of the start of what I want to do, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's what actually really helped me was being in different places and getting the same respect yes right. now with everything so i'm sorry to hear about what your mom has been through i know you and i've talked about it uh, right. before and uh and but seeing that um how, what was your support system back then like how many people knew what you were going through off the court um honestly here in town i, I have a, a a really good close fr group of friends that i grew up with um that uh you know, we were growing up together. They they kind of know because they were around so much. They know kind of what I went through, and so and it's and it's crazy. Some of those guys, some of these guys now are playing overseas. Some of them, mm -hmm. you know, got their kids playing and they got their own jobs going now. But um, they've always been the ones that's you know been in my corner and and knowing what I was capable of doing. And then mm -hmm. moving to Missouri, I, I had a couple other friends that kind of the same thing. You know, sure. like they kind of helped me and kind of you know push me to where i needed to be as far as i needed to be mm -hmm. confidence wise and mentally to kind of get where i want to get to as far as you know what i'm doing now so and so you went from taft to missouri right. and then when did you make your way back so i went to taft i went to taft my whole ninth grade year and then towards the end of my ninth grade year um i went up with my mom because she started to get sick mm -hmm. um and uh, we were, I was out there, you know, probably for the rest of the season. I mean, for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. um, and then the beginning of the year, I came back to San Antonio. I started at Taft probably for about three, four days. Mm -hmm. And then three or four days into my 10th grade year, my mom got ill again. Mm -hmm. So I went out there because th the time that I went out there, she wasn't, the doctors were saying that she wasn't going to, you know, make it for, you know, too much longer. So I wanted to live out there with her. Um, and so I went out, I went out there for, to, from 10th grade all the way up until the Christmas break of 10th grade. And then I came back home for a break and I just couldn't leave. I couldn't go back. So I just ended up staying here and mm -hmm. finishing my whole career here mm -hmm. in town. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much. It. And how did your high school career shape up on the court? On the court, it was like, I, I think, I think that I could have been better simply because I had a lot of things that were going on, you know? Mm -hmm. So like my focus wasn't always where it needed to be, you know? Um, but I, I'm, I'm pleased with where it got me, you know, mm -hmm. it, like I, I met long, lifelong friends. Um, and it's, 
helped me to where you know get into college for free um things yes. like that so that's something that i can't really Huge. complain too much about yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah i feel like it's done me pretty well my high school career was pretty good there we go now you mentioned college so i know you and i were briefly together at st phillips college i think that was where i think you first told me about yeah, your mom and your mom has had, and so she, your mom's doing well now. She's doing a lot better. Yeah, okay. she's a my mom is a survivor. Um, yeah. So when I got to college, like my mom, well, my mom was had cancer when she was nineteen years old, wow. and that's when she had me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just it was she had it at a young age, so it was kind of wow. hard. It was hard for her, you know. And then the odds were always against her, but mm-hmm. she's always overcame the odds, and you know, made it happen. So when I went to when I was at St. Phillips, I was actually, I had went to school in Oklahoma and my mom had got sick again. So like my my thing is like, I I mean, I love basketball and I love, you know, playing the game, but if I wasn't right there mentally, I would, you know, I wanted Uh to try to get things right. So when I went to um, school in Oklahoma, my mother got real sick and it brought me back home. So when when I came back home, I I didn't want to give up on going to school. So I just went to like, um, community colleges mm-hmm. here in town. So I went to probably every community college you could think of in town. Mm-hmm. And then um, the following year, I um, ended up getting a scholarship to Incarnate Word. How, how did that materializing come about? Because so Oklahoma recruited you from um, from high school. Right. And, and then you, you're in Oklahoma. So I was a school, it was a junior college in Oklahoma, yeah, okay. Connor State. Um, and I went out there and man, it was probably like, 238 people in the town oh wow yeah so (laughs) i was like already kind of you know losing my mind and then when that happened it was kind of like the icing on the cake like yeah i'm gonna Uh, go home you know um and so when i came home i like i said i was going to community college but i was playing in different leagues and playing Mm -hmm. around in different places and some of the college coaches that were in carnal word um his name's javasi kearney he Mm -hmm. um he was always in the leagues as well, still playing and stuff. So uh, he ended up seeing me okay, and and saying like, hey, man, how many years do you have left? And I told him, man, I got all my years. So yeah. he ended up telling me like, hey, well, look, if you can get your hours to where they need to be, mm-hmm. um, we will promise you a scholarship. So like I, that's when I was going to them community colleges, getting right. all them hours in and they and they, they kept their promise. So wow. I, yeah, I had to. So it was somebody who was playing in the league that you were playing in, right. saw you stand out and then that's where you got recruited from. Right. So it, it says something, that with, with especially with what you're doing and training these young kids where you just never know who's who's playing with you or who's watching. 100%. And then uh, it, it being able to pay for school is a huge blessing, yeah. a huge help. Yeah, and, and carnival word isn't cheap, so. Right, was, right, yeah, right. I had to, had to get through all them hours. I know my last year there, I took like 21 hours just so I can get done with. You 21 know, hours in a semester? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it you was know. tough. Craziness, craziness. Now, um, at Incarnate Word, um, how did your how did your um, how did it go on the court at Incarnate Word? At Incarnate Word, well, it, the thing at Incarnate Word, I went there twice. So I, I went there in two thousand five, my okay. first time. Um, it was cool. I, I loved it. Um, I I didn't get along with the coach too much. Um, okay. So when he, like I said, when I first came in, the assistant coach brought me in. Um, got it. So, you know, it's kind of different when you kind of get involved with the assistant coach and then, you know, you got the head coach who mm-hmm. has his eyes on someone else, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it just didn't work out the first time that I went there. Yeah. So after 2005, I ended up switching and going to junior college again, which was in Lufkin, Texas. 
Angelina. Um, and I ended up playing there for a semester. And then I came home back. And when I came back, we had a, and Carter Word had a new coach. Mm-hmm. And um, his name's Ken Burmeister, and Javasi Kearney was still there. He was still there. Yeah. Uh, so when I came okay. back, he was like, "Hey, E, um, you know, we got a new coach, so it might be a good, better fit for you." And, uh-huh. and it was like it was there we go. being, you know, having Coach Burmeister, and there was a blessing, you know. Yes. And, and and the good thing about him is he 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 always one thing he always told me that stuck with me is like. Like he always saw me going everywhere. My life was going mm. like I was always on the move. So he's right. like, hey, Eric, you need to simplify your life, you know. Like, right. And so like when him like and I still to this day I'll fall back and I'm like, I just gotta simplify things like yes. moving too fast, you Make know. It but easier. it's just because of where I've you know what the journey that I've taken to get mm-hmm. where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Now uh, you mentioned the the problem with the first coach. So looking back, right? So you were in your early twenties, right? Early twenties. And then 20s. so we're, 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 you and I are. Are you thirty three as well? I'm thirty three. So yeah. so we're both thirty three. So the maturity you've gained over the years, when you look back at that first coach, would you see that there was a uh, there was more him or was more you or well, how do you see it now? I I, I, I could say it was it was it, it was both. Okay. You know. Um, he got fired. Um, he, <laughs> so you're like, yeah, hey, yeah, he got there's fired. evidence against the guy. He was giving, he was giving, he was giving guys medicine he wasn't supposed to be giving. Okay. Like he was just a, he was a, uh, it was a character, you know. Okay. Um, but at the same time, like I, I was young, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was, I had braids in my hair. Nothing against that. But <laughs> I'm just saying, like I was, I was trying to do an image, you know, like looking at Iverson, trying to, you know, right, right. you know, I, I didn't see the bigger picture of where I was. And uh-huh. so now that I'm older, it's like, man, I probably could have did things a little differently. Right, you know? right. So, okay, tell me about what happened there, because I know you mentioned you went from Incarnate Word um, to you said Lefkin, uh, Lufkin, Texas. Lufkin, I've yeah, never heard Angelina. of it. Yeah, it's like okay. it's in East Texas. Like, so. You, you're adding kind of word. How does Leflin, Texas even come about? Oh, my God. So um, actually, one of my uh, friends from high school, he played for a coach in junior college. Um, and he after I was after I left Incarnate, uh, Incarnate Word, uh, the friend of mine, which he graduated from Taft as well from me, he kind of helped me get into the school with his okay. old coach. So I was there. You know, they brought me in and helped me go for that one semester. And then I came back home. Oh, okay. I kind of signed with Incarnate Word, but I had to do my hours all over again. So I had to get like probably like 14 hours before I can they can offer me a scholarship. So that's when I started digging in deep and going hard into the community colleges and trying to get my hours up so mm-hmm. that I can have a scholarship. You know? okay. So in 2006, I ended up getting a scholarship and finishing my career there at Incarnate Word. At Incarnate Word. Yeah. Okay, so it was... So I mean, we're just like touching on yeah. your experience all over. So it was, it was high school, San Antonio, Missouri, San Antonio, college, Oklahoma, um, back to San Antonio, San Antonio, little community community college. Then Incarnate Word, then Lefkin, then Lefkin, Lefkin, back to San Antonio, back to San Antonio, Incarnate Word to finish there. All right. So tell us about um, what the uh, again. How was it on the court for you back at Incarnate Word with a new head coach? Oh, well, on, on, at that time is when I came in and I was more focused on, you know, I was kind of like, man, E, you're on your last string. You know, like yeah. if you don't work here, you're, you're going to be done. So um, I the blessing that I had is that I took it like that. I took it as like, you know, this is my last time that I have an opportunity to, to kind of make something of myself in this basketball. So I, you know, I kind of just took it for what it was, whether it was negatives going on, which there was negatives going on at the time. Um, 
of me playing basketball, you know, I'm not going to say it was all peaches and cream. It was, it was some, some challenges that I had to overcome, but it it was all worth it, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. just because I know that I was playing with a second chance. A lot of people weren't really, some people weren't offered a second chance, you know? So, yeah. So it was more better. And then my mom's health kind of got a little bit better. Um, My grandparents were doing well. I actually had my son in college. So it was, um, it was just kind of a blessing. Like I was playing for a bigger purpose yeah. when I got there. Okay. There we go. Now, um, for people that are tuning in, I, I imagine your your audience is there is, is people focused on basketball or people coming up, even uh, um, the kids in your program, I'm thinking about, they're tuning in. What What do you have for them as far as from a basketball experience in high school? Like, hey, like what as you think about your program, um, what do you try to – take from your experience at high school basketball and college basketball and instill into the, the next group coming up? Well, the the thing that I um, was luckily to, lucky to have is that I had a great high school basketball coach, um, mm-hmm. Mike Osterman. Um, he really, he was a really strict coach. Like I, I heard before I got there, um, he was really hard and hard on his players, but I really, you know, I, I love him for the fact that how he approached me and, you know, kind of saw the things that were going on in my life. Yeah. Um, we've had many conversations where he'd pull me out of class and we'd have a talk, you know, and he kind of got to see the real me, talk to my mom. He, you know, so there was things that he saw and helped me kind of, you know, over, I, there's some coaches that really don't care. You know, they just want to, you know, get their check and go. But he really showed me he changed his kind of coaching the way he coaches his techniques and things that he did and kind of bended some type of rules for me, you know, just for me to be confident and mm-hmm. mentally, you know, and just because he know how much I liked to play basketball and how much, you know, I was just a, a gym rat. And um, I, I don't think any coach, like any coach would probably do that, you know, like kind of give love to a, a player that he has just because he knows the background of what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and and so that's helped me kind of, that kind of helped me start pretty much, you know, what I'm doing now and where I am now and what I was doing then to kind of keep going is that I had a good, I had good people around me yes. at the time that I was doing mm-hmm. it. And then going to college, that's why when I went to college, the first time I went to college, I was probably spoiled with my high school coach, mm-hmm. you know? just knowing the care that he had and you know the things so when i first went to college it was a little different you know i didn't get that same love um when i first went there um it was kind of like well yeah, you're having problems but you still got to deal with it who cares you know rather than hey e, i know you got problems just relax you know kind of do your you know i'm here for you whatever and sometimes like as a kid and me growing you know i needed to hear that you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying like i needed to be like yo you're okay you know because right. there was sometimes where i did want to quit you know what i mean right. like i was like man i don't know if i can keep playing i just need mm-hmm. to you know go get a job and take care of my family and wow help. i mean everything you were going through everything your mom was going through right. and then um brothers and sisters um yeah i'm the second of 11. second of 11. uh that's uh that's a rare you know in in, in our generation right. um but right uh so that temptation to want to, even as the male, as to be a provider and to help out, um, it, 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 I could see it and imagine it being a, a tough pull to want to like, maybe I should be doing something different. Right. But as you and I were talking about, like there's a component of understanding your calling right. and, and it, it's cool to see it um, outside looking in. Um, when you think about the transition, so you had, correct me if I'm wrong. 
um, what you were able to achieve at Incarnate Word. You, you have some kind of record or something. Well, I it's actually did. Um, they in two thousand seven they they passed my record, but it, it was um I played in Incarnate Word for two years, like strong. Um, and I was the lead assist holder of all time there in two years. In um, two years. In two okay. years. Yeah, okay. I had some. I had a, a great shooter in Pierce Caldwell. Um, he's a, from San Antonio as well. And then I had some bigs, uh, Tracy Robinson. He's from Sam Houston and uh, Juwan Bailey. You know, some guys that I was just feeding the ball to to kind of help me get to that status right. to what I got. Um, and then in 2017, uh, a kid from Houston, Mitchell Badillo, it beat it. You know, he was there for four years, but yeah. It, you know, I expected them to be right, 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 right. But it's, it's still big time. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, we we could have almost passed over the without you even mentioning it, which I appreciate your humility about it. Not like, hey, you know, let me put my <laughs> yeah. best foot forward, let everybody know about my accolades. But that's a big time, and it's a big time um, achievement to be able to have that. Um, so you were there. What years were you? you had so in I started in Carnival in two thousand five. Then I uh, left to. Lufkin and Angeline, 2006, came back in 2006, okay. the end of 2006, 2007. Okay. So, so I ended up playing there 2007, 2008, and 2008, 2009, okay. and I graduated 2010. Okay, so then 2009 then, you got, so you had the the record for eight years. Is it 2017? Uh, yeah. That's big time. Yeah. yeah, that's, come on, bro. That's It's big time. Well, good. So then graduated. Um and uh, what was the your response of your family to your graduation from college? Mm -hmm. Man, it was. Uh, I, I was the first person to graduate Come from college. On, yeah. Let's go. So yeah. I was I was the first person to graduate from college in my family. So it was it was big. Yeah. Um, but like my life has been during my graduation, I was going through so much, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, I had. I was learning, you know, I was barely getting introduced to life. I was having my son. So it was tough me, you know, working um, while having a son and taking 21 hours at the time I was wow. doing. Um, it was just tough. So uh, my family was very helpful within the whole process of me, mm -hmm. you know, having to graduate. And they, wow. they're a big part of that. Yes. Without them, I probably wouldn't. Right, I would have right. not finished, you know. It's it's a beautiful thing to leave a legacy. Right. And it, it's not a new tr new tradition and a new trend as far as for everybody else coming up. And I'm thinking about that. Uh, I have some great family members that have set that uh, tradition for me. You know, I wasn't the first, but I want to keep continuing the tradition. You know, like even some family members, you know, they got master's. Like, oh, okay, well, let me let me think about that. And, you know, started a, a master's program last year. Um, but it... There's something about somebody who starts the legacy. Who's going to do it first? Right. And that's what you, you you were able to do for your family, which is a powerful thing. And you mentioned um, 11 brothers and sisters seeing your example and focusing on your education and using basketball uh, to get you there, which is a, it's a powerful thing. So we go from incarnate word, graduation. You mentioned your son. Now, a lot of people talk about having that first child shapes them and molds them. How did that influence you? Having my son was it was also a blessing, just uh, simply because, like you know, having like like you said, having a, having someone your first son or your first child is is an eye opener in anything you do. Um, that's what really drove me to kind of get focused and, and finish. I mean, having my son, I feel like if I didn't have my son, with all the things that were going on in my life, I could have easily went a different route and did mm -hmm. things that I wasn't supposed to be doing. Um, not saying that I never did, but um it, for the bigger picture i probably would be stuck today you know had i not had my son at the mm -hmm. time that i did because i had to grow up fast you know sure. like 
like you know like you could see as you can see my whole high school career and even before then um i was always going through personal issues mm -hmm. away from the sport you know so um having my son kind of gave me an, a kind of thing where it's like well, suck it up whatever you're going through you got to go through you know yeah. like there's nothing you can do there's someone that's living for you now so mm -hmm. whatever you're going through it's always been there so now you just got to keep pushing you know mm -hmm. and so he helped me push through a lot of things you know mm -hmm. as far as handling what i had to like you know so some days i'm taking 21 hours i got to go to school monday through saturday mm -hmm. you know pretty much all day then go to practice and then come home take care of him oh. i don't have enough time to get a job so i'm sitting there finding ways to kind of support you know mm -hmm. so it was it was tough you know but it was all for a bigger picture that you know because since then, a lot of things have been happening, but it's kind of like nothing compared to at yeah, the time when that was. You know, right. now I have three kids. So All right there we go. And uh, one of the beautiful things I think about us having this conversation, us recording it, it's one of those things where I love the idea of like little E hearing this. You know, one day, whether that's sooner or later, and hearing uh, the way his dad talks about how it shaped him and it it shaped his dad's life in his presence coming into the picture, which is a powerful thing. So you got your son, graduated 2010. 2010, um, is that when your journey picked up as far as uh, professionally? So right after, like, around 2010, um, it, it, it did it, man. Like, honestly, around 2010 is when I started to kind of go a different route. You know, I could have went right or I could have went left. Um, I, in 2010, I felt like after I graduated from college, I had to stay in college one year doing nothing pretty much just to graduate. So mm -hmm. I wasn't playing sports because I was I had no more years eligible. So I had to just go to school. And like that year was the wake up call of like, man, like I can't use it. I can't use me playing sports anymore because I'm not playing sports. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't you know, I'm I'm here in school. I, I, I got to go get a job now. I got to start doing things a little bit different now. Um, so it was it kind of made me feel like, hey, you know. You got to do things the way you have to do things, period. Like, it is what it is. You don't, you're, you know, you didn't make it. Now you got to make something of yourself, you know. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that right there was, was difficult because my whole life, um, all, I, all I ever thought about was playing basketball. I didn't think, like, people would be like, well, what do you want to do if you don't make it? You know, you know, people used to right. ask you that. And I'm like, well, I'm going to make it. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to, I'm going to make it. Yeah. So, like, my thing was was that. So when it didn't happen to the where I wanted it to happen, like, I went I went left. You know, mm -hmm. like, I kind of got lost for a little bit. Um, I started doing things I wasn't supposed to be doing, hanging around with people I wasn't supposed to be hanging around with, you know, like, going from a leader to a follower kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, and uh, I think at the time of me doing that, I being a follower helped me be a better leader. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, it kind of showed me like, man, this is not where I want to be. And this is not what I work for. This is not what my grandfather and my mom, the struggles that they went through, they wanted, you know, it's for a bigger thing for me to do. Which, um, and so around 2010 is when I started playing um, just in leagues around the city. Um, right. I got in one league at Lifetime Fitness. Mm -hmm. And I started playing up there and um, I ended up getting like really good friends. One of my good friends who I started to, he was like, now he's like my mentor, which is Antonio Daniels. Mm -hmm. um, he kind of brought me under his wing and um, kind of, you know, he kind of knows a little bit about my life and was like, man, I'm here. You know, his he was already towards the end of his NBA career. He was yeah. still, I think he was with the Sixers for a little bit at the mm -hmm. time. And he was still playing. Um, well, he was with the Wizards at the time and he was still playing and doing his um 
but he would come and still kind of check up and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of put me in the places where I needed to be. So in the summer, I would work out with him all summer nice. and kept playing, you know. Um, then there was a league going on and um, at Lifetime where I joined and I started playing in that league and um, I was leading the, the league in the points and stuff like that. Nice. So Malik Rose was in it, Michael Finley. George Hill, a lot of NBA players were in it, which kind of, yeah, yeah. So like when that happened, that opened up a lot more opportunities for me. So I ended up, um, Antonio was helping me out and then Michael Finley ended up kind of bringing me in and um, inviting me to like Spurs workouts and NBA workouts and stuff like that. And then I ended up meeting Sean Marks, who was on the coaching staff of the Spurs. Mm -hmm. And he kind of kept me in in the calls and kind of got me, you know, around the organization Mm-hmm. So it kind of was like looking up from there, you know. Right, right. Um, and then Especially when you're out scoring George Hill, Malik Rose, right. Daniel Daniels, yeah. yeah. So like, and then so when I did that, man, it kind of just kind of put things in perspective of like, yeah, you know what, this is this is what I want to do. Like, even if I don't play, or if I, you know, if wherever my career is taking me, I know that being around basketball or being around the sport is it's helped me, you know, tremendously. And I know that it can help other people, you know, even if it's little things, you know, that hasn't, you you don't even have to be a player at times. You can just be around people who can help, you know, and then that's helped me do the same thing. Like my thing is just, I just want to help. I just want to, you know, put people in position to be Mm -hmm. where they need to be, you know? I I love the story of Antonio Daniels taking you under his wing and being a positive influence in him knowing uh, what was happening. I I relate with uh, my story. I don't know how much I've told you my story, but, um, my, my my dad, my mom sat my, my brother and I down when I was 17, younger brother was 15. And she told us that, uh, no, my, you, you, she said, your dad shot himself and, and he killed himself. And, I'm um, sorry to hear that. and going through that as a junior in high school, it's, uh, it rocked my world, right? I remember f- failing off the track team, failing pre-cal with a 17, failing Spanish with a 40. And uh, I remember sleeping um, pretty much till, till lunchtime. Um, and then going to school at lunch. And uh, and I was kind of hoping to wake up to a different reality where my dad was still around. And uh, and I remember coming back to like this, these questions of, you know, did he have, you know, joy? Did he have peace? Did he have hope at the end of his life? And questions I'll never really be able to answer. Um, it doesn't seem likely that he did. Um, but I began thinking about my life and the people that were around me and the decisions I was making. And I remember uh, one of my 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 my, my, my buddies, uh, um, Pedro. You know, he he had been trying to work with me for a while, and he he had saw potential, and he 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 had wanted to help me, um, ultimately, to change my life. And uh, and it brought me back to that question of joy: Do I want joy and peace and hope in my life? And to your point of, do I want to help other people around me to 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 be there? But um, it's such a powerful thing when we have positive role models who are willing to give us the time and the focus to be able to build us up into really into our potential right mm-hmm. now, yeah that, that's that's, man, that's i couldn't imagine dealing with that at the age that you dealt with yeah, mm-hmm. that's, um, that's, kudos to you for getting through that man. it it's like what you said though right it's i look back at every single thing i've overcome and now those are badges almost not like honor but it's those are it's evidence i've been through that and i've been through other things those are all evidence for me i know what i could get through so whatever problem i'm facing today 
most of the time it's a lot less than my dad's suicide, right? So, but I've already conquered that one. I've been through it. I know how to deal with it. Not saying that the pain is over. I still wrestle with the anger. There's anger and there's sadness. I feel it like in February when he passed. I feel it more during our birthdays in September. I feel it more during Father's Day. I feel that more, the pain of him being gone. But I know how to deal with it. I know how to navigate that trouble and maneuver through that difficulty. So, um, but now anything I face, it's always compared to that. It's like, oh, well. I can face this. No matter what it is, it's it's typically smaller. Um, the the fascinating part of the journey is in like a five years after that, it was um, they. My aunt told me that it seems like he was killed versus suicide, which is a different kind of thing to deal with. Similar but different. Um, but still, um, I had already learned how to deal with something traumatic, and it, it helped me. But but um, but yeah. So I I I don't wish it on anybody. But there, in an odd way, there came gratitude for the experience because it gave me, it gives me confidence in my present. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I can look at it like that. That's, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Now, so you were getting connected with the Spurs and uh, what materialized there? Um, so really relationships. Um, me just being around the Spurs kind of got me around people that are lifelong friends now. Like I said, Antonio Daniels. We speak almost daily. Um, Michael Finley, uh, Corey Joseph, even Kawhi. Um, because when Kawhi came, his, the year he came in and the year that I was working out with them was 2011 during the lockout year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always up at the gym with them playing and uh, just kind of seeing, you know, the, the way that they've kind of progressed and, you know, them showing me the, you know, the respect that I feel like I deserve in this sport, you know, kind of made me realize, like, you know, I know that I'm, I know I can help other people just like they help me. There's yes. some people that I can help, you yeah. know, um, I'm not saying I didn't make it. Um, cause in reality, I didn't make it as far as to the NBA, the bigger picture, but I feel like I made it because it's a blessing to be able to like still be able to pick up a ball and do whatever I want. You know, I mm-hmm. can go play, I can run circles around anybody. I feel like to this day, but I cut my career short just to kind of teach the game. Mm-hmm. So, in my mind, I was expect, you know, I expect people to kind of listen, you know, like if, if it's like if if I see someone out there playing ball and they could still like Antonio Daniels at the time, he was still out there playing and still doing it. And he took time out to come talk to me. That meant a lot to me. You know, yeah. it's kind of like, man, you didn't have to. Right. You don't have to show this time. You don't have to do that. And that kind of made me realize, like, hey, you know, I, I got something left out here, you know, so the being with the Spurs in 2011 kind of jump-started my career as far as playing other places, like, which I played in, in Mexico for on and off for about three or four years. I got my passport out from out there because I'm, you know, dual citizenship mm-hmm. and um, ended up playing there. Um, never got really huge money, you know, mm-hmm. so, but at the, like the same time, it was never for that. Like, I didn't, I wasn't, you know, worried about money. I just wanted to play, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as time and life got you know longer and you know life got you know i got a little older and my kids are getting older i had to kind of put things in perspective of like yo you can't just do this for fun no more like you know you Mm got to be able to support your family so that's what brought me back home to do what we started what i'm here doing now which is the Mm -hmm. lion life you feel so now um which definitely want to talk about lion life but your experience in mexico um what did you notice 
on the court and off the court and how the game changed from one level to the next? Because at this point, you played in high school, college, and, and at the professional level, you played um, with leagues with some of the NBA guys, and then you're in Mexico. What was the, the transition in competition like? It was, oh, the competition's pretty much the same as you go anywhere else, you know? Um, there's people that know how to play all around the world. Um, it's, it's dealing with a different thing. It's more political. So um, as far as like the basketball pers perspective, it was a lot tougher because being American, not growing up in a, in that country, and then barely starting off my career, it, it's kind of like I had to prove myself all over again, you know, mm -hmm. no matter who or what or, you know, I, I went in without an agent every time. I've never had an agent ever in my life. So everything was pretty much always on my own, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it was it was tough just you know just it wasn't all about basketball i had to kind of kind of all the stuff that i've went through kind of helped me you know kind of get through it and then when it became less about basketball and more you know about financial is when i kind of fell back like it kind of was like yo well i guess this is the ending for me you know because mm -hmm. financially speaking like just being um a hundred percent i never really got a big check out of basketball um yeah never did um and, and but the crazy thing is i never really expected one you know i just want i, I would have played in the nba for free you know what i mean like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like i just wanted to play for the love was, of the game yeah i just love the game yeah. i just wanted to play so but when life started to you know i had my third child um i had to kind of change things going you know mm -hmm. to kind of think of reality yeah. which that's what well, that was the main thing of changing as far as like the game like i i can play i know that i can play anywhere like mm -hmm. as far as i can play any level i know that um i've like antonio daniels told me like i one time i asked him like hey do you think i could play in the nba he was like e you easily could play in the nba like mm -hmm. you can um so it's like that kind of made me feel a little bit better to hear someone who played in the NBA for 13, 14 years tell me right. like, hey, you can do that, you know? Mm -hmm. So that kind of helped me as well, kind of helped me feel a little bit better about myself, you know? And then, mm -hmm. you know, work the work ethic that I bring in, in this game is, is I would say, second to none when mm -hmm. I was really into it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I, I probably played more than – I would be playing for more than eight, nine hours a day, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Okay, commitment. <laughs> yeah. Devotion. Yes. Now, so you wrap up in Mexico, like it's time to come back, San Antonio. Then is that when Lion Life started? Yeah. So um, when I was in Mexico, um, I was still kind of focused on sometimes a little bit of the wrong things I wasn't supposed to be doing. So coming home, it was kind of like, you know, I'm not making money here. I got to make some, some, some shakes somehow. So I started to do things just unorganized, you know. Um, just started to do things out like out on a wing and which kind of slowed me down. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I came back home for a little bit, I was, I was maybe for about two years, I was just lost. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, I was like, man, I'm not making no money on um, my kids need, mm -hmm. you know, this, they need that. And, um, they're getting older. Um, and so it was up until, um, it was up until my son started to play. I think uh, he started to play like sports and mm -hmm. I took him out to Spurs league. Okay. Yeah. And so when I went out to the Spurs league, I saw him practicing and like, man, I was pulling the hair out of my head. Like, mm -hmm. Oh my God, what are y'all teaching him? Like, right, right. So it was like, <laughs> you know, so that's what really kind of opened my, my vision of doing, not of doing line life as far as the sports part, mm -hmm. part of it. Like I ever, when I, when I was in Mexico um, and when I came home is, I started to do line life um, as far as the brand 
is kind of like a job that I've created for myself. Um, mm. I didn't I didn't see myself working for nobody. I, I've I probably worked at a place. Not, you know, I've never worked pretty much at a. I worked at a fast food place probably for like six months, maybe. Sure. You know, the most that I've ever pretty much had a job like that. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I've just pretty much just just been doing my own, like off my name and what I do and what I've always known doing as mm-hmm. far as you know line life and um, as far as training kids. I was always doing little things like that that would keep me over. Mm-hmm. Um, but line life, the yeah. So when I came back, it was more so like my mental, like like you know what, like. No matter what, I didn't make it, but I'm still a lion. Like in any jungle, yeah. like in any jungle that you bring me, you're going to be able to feel my presence, you mm-hmm. know? So that's what really made me start doing that. And one day, it's exactly what I was. Like I did, I was just sitting in my brother's room and I was just like, man, I'm a lion. And I was like, you know, like lion life. I just said it. And then I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? And that's how it all came about one day. I was like, man. And so the very next day, I ended up um, meeting up with a friend of mine and he helped me kind of put a logo together. Yes. And he drew my logo. And um, man, after he drew my logo, it was like, man, so not many people know, but it, like if you read inside the hair of the, the main, logo, right. yeah, the man, it spells out lion life. Right. So a lot of people were like, man, like, so when I did it, that's when I was like, well, I just made like, this is like a brand that I can make like, mm-hmm. you know, apparel and things like that, you mm-hmm. know? So it, that's what really just kind of, it, it just all put itself together. Like pretty much my whole life of what I was going through in the past and the obstacles that I overcame kind of brought me to a line, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. it's, that's like a symbol that just kept coming to me. What I love about the story is, um, I know you've mentioned all the people that have inspired you and your list of names, um, cause of these are the connections you have, the relationships that you've built, um, you know, your mom in dealing with cancer, you know, I think back to the whole lion thing, like there, there's, there's like that, there's a lion mentality there. Um, who would you say, uh, of course, her, um, helped influence you to, um, embrace that the lion life and what really, where did the inspiration come from? It came from my grandpa, a hundred percent. Um, like rest in peace. Like my grandpa died on, uh, the uh day before Halloween, mm-hmm. and like now nah, it's it's I I, I sometimes I I kind of get emotional just because he was the main person in my life. Period. You know, yeah. uh, he uh he's the inspiration, man. Like he never complained about nothing. Like and and I know like he had a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, he just he was he was the person that kind of just inspired me to do everything I'm doing today. Like even now I'm getting emotional. You yeah, know? like yeah, it's like like. He did everything for me, you know, and like, uh, like he's he's a person that just kind of made me wake up, like you know what, like you ain't gonna give up, like anything mm. that goes on, you know. Mm. So like, that I, it's a hundred percent my grandpa. Yeah, well, um, it's powerful his legacy uh, with you and what you're doing, and I think it it's how it lives it how it lives on, and. Uh, and it's a beautiful thing. I've heard you describe him, um, whether it's on social media, and I've heard I talk to you about it. But he sounds like he was an incredible guy. Um, so I think about him as, you know, mentor, like all the various roles: fa- father, grandpa, provider, the encourager, the motivator. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So um, uh, I think there are people. Um, I had my mom on the first podcast I ever did and we're talking and, and, uh, 
it was the day before Mother's Day. And, and I'm like, hey, mom, you know, um, my, my wife asked, hey, are y'all going to cry on the show? And because and we cry in my family. Like, I cry all, like once a week, bro. Like I get and it's, and it's, 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 it's even I think what's happening now is there's this gratitude that moves me more to tears. It's not like it's not even um, anything other than like this gratitude that of all the people I could have got is my mom. Right. I got her. And when I asked her her favorite Mother's Day m- memory of her mom, she's talking about her grand, her uh, my grandma, her mom, and uh, she starts crying. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna share mine, uh, my favorite Mother's Day memory. And I'm sharing about her teaching me how to, you know, ride a bike. And I'm like crying, you know, on the podcast we were recording, and uh, she's crying, and we're just talking about. I'm just grateful, like, um, for somebody to take the training wheels off. And then walk alongside me on that bike and then run alongside me and then let me go. And, it, and there's this, this is feeling I get um, of just the people that were picked out for us. And of all the men in the world, like uh, God gave you, uh, your grandpa, uh, champion, lion, right? Um, who helped shape you and mold you. And it's the same thing you're doing for all these uh for the youth coming up. Right. And and the crazy thing with like when my grandfather is that he adopted my mom. So Whoa. yeah, so like he wasn't he's my grandpa wasn't able to have no kids. Um oh. yeah, he was not allowed to have no kids. Um I guess you know, yeah. So yeah. my mom my mom's mother was uh she had a baby which was my mom and and my grandpa couldn't have kids, so she ended up letting she ended up letting my grandfather adopt her. So um, my grandpa, you know, adopted her like his own. And so my mom having so many kids at the time when she had me, like I said, she was having cancer. So she was going through a lot. So my mom did the same thing that they did. And she gave me to my grandparents, you know. So like growing up, that's all I knew was my grandparents. I grew up with my grandparents. I lived with my grandparents. I was their son. You know what I'm saying? So like I look at my father, I'm my father. I look at him like my grandpa. You know what I'm saying? So it was just, a, it's like, it's like what you just said, like God brought him in my life for a reason, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like now I'm sitting here, you know, doing everything I'm doing now. Like, like sometimes I may get off focus or get, you know, lose track. But at the end of the yeah. day, when I look, it's like, man, I know why I'm here. You know, mm-hmm. like he never complained about nothing. People, you know, I used to look down. I'm like, man, that, like, man, pop, you do a lot for people. You know, they don't do nothing for you. Like they don't give you nothing. It's like he would always tell me, like, I don't I do things. I don't expect nothing. Like mm-hmm. I just do it mm-hmm. because this is what I'm this is me. It makes me feel better. Yeah. And like that's the same way I feel like I just feel like I just do things because I want. I just do it for people, man. I don't, I don't care. I don't. I like. I I didn't like. I feel like I didn't make it in in the NBA. Like that was my calling. Like I'm not gonna make no more money than you no know, NBA player ever does. You know, mm-hmm. unless I miracle happens with my brand or something. But mm-hmm. like, I'm not out here to be rich. You know, I'm not trying to train kids or I'm not out here trying to be around the youth for, to be rich. You know, mm-hmm. like I just want to be able to give back, which is why. I'm willing to do that to anybody. You know, I, mm-hmm. you can be a green kid. You don't care. You never yes. know basketball in your life. I just want you, I feel like I can teach you something. Yes. I, you brought up, you, when you um, one of the stories that comes along with you, um, I, a, a story that moved me and touched me that uh, that I saw materialize. Um, I think it was um, Rich, who's coaching over at East Central. And um, I think he was coaching the freshman team. And he had put on social media about how difficult and challenging it was to cut 
his first group of people. And then people are responding, sad faces, whatever. But then I, I remember seeing your response and you were like, um, send them to me. And, and that hit me. Just reading your comment, I was like, okay, like, because there's something powerful about being there for the kids, the youth, who are feeling rejected, who are feeling less than, who are feeling marginalized, and feeling like um like the bottom, feeling like trash. Right. Yeah. Because like growing up, um, growing up, I had a a, a good friend of mine, and um, he was playing sports. He we grew up playing together. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mention this earlier, but the reason why he couldn't play no more is because he's very he has he had to have kidney transplant and he had a uh, diabetes. He's had a lot of health issues that didn't let him play sports forever, you know, but growing up, he was better than me, you know, mm-hmm. like he was really good, you know, uh, his name's Quentin Johnson. Um, and so like, then man, this kid wanted to play so bad. I remember in ninth grade, um, his appearance started to change because of his health. Mm-hmm. So that's what really made me kind of put things in perspective. Like, man, like it's, it's kind of out of his hands, you know, yeah. but he ended up getting cut. Um, but, um, he didn't love basketball any less than you. No, he actually he actually loves basketball more than me. You know, like oh. even to this day, even to this day, like he's still alive and he's still going through obstacles. But oh. he, um, even to this day, like if I have something about basketball or if I want to talk to anything about basketball, I call him because I know he knows more than me still to this <laughs> yeah, day. You know, and it's just him being around. Um, so it's just little things like that that you know that's kind of brought me and and made me feel like you know I I don't I want to help. I want to help kids that, that that have things against them. Like if, mm. you know, the odds are against you, I want to help them get, you know, your odds get better, you know? Yes. And I've, I've like in, in the process of me doing, I've had a few kids that have game, like really good game and, and they come around and, and I, I want to put all the time I have with them because, you know, they love the game, but it's kind of like, you know, the ones that want to be there and, and the ones that want to get better are the ones that means more to me, you know, mm-hmm. it might helping them, helping them because I, I like, I know like through my career and, and me playing, I know basketball. Like I know I've been, I've had second chances. I've had yeah. third chances, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's to the point where it's like, this ain't for everybody. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it is going to be a point in time when like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter, you know, about anything it's it's very political it's who you know at some point mm-hmm. so um dealing with this youth basketball you know you get a lot of people around that they only look at the kids that are good that can help them now you yeah, know what like I mean? the elite talent elite. Mm-hmm. so then you start to see the ones that really you know want to play like you can't tell me a kid in second grade is elite Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. like still in the second grade, you know, right, right. a lot of things can happen on the way. Um, mm-hmm. Now you can keep working hard and doing this and there's going to be kids who are working hard from second grade and these parents or people are, are bringing these kids in and trying to go, you know, and then there's going to be a time where that kid may not grow or that kid mm-hmm. may not right. get better or, you, know, you know, or that kid may stop liking basketball. And then what happens then, you know, then you got to put your focus onto someone else and how, and this, these kids. And then there's at the same time, there's a second grader or a third grader who doesn't really know the game. And by the time he's in seventh or eighth grade, he starts playing, you, you give him attention like you would anybody else. Mm-hmm. He can be, you know, changed, not even in basketball. You might, he might do something else, you know, right, but right. it's going to be, it feels good. Like, and even to this day, I've had kids, you know, I started doing it in 2013. I got kids who graduated, who come back like, Hey man, like, 
what you said to me was real coach yeah. like you know like you know this and, and it's like I, I can only say it because I, I lived it you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. like there's a lot of these parents and people that got around that they didn't live it like they've just seen what they can do now to help your child or to help anyone, but it's a bigger picture, you know? Um, yeah, life life can bring you anywhere. And so I just don't want to leave no one out, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't I don't see myself leaving nobody. I feel like I can I can make anybody learn how to play um, mm -hmm. basketball. Just like uh, Jay-Z said, I could sell salt to a slug, you know? <laughs> like <laughs> like I, could, I could train anybody how to teach. Y'all just give me, bring yeah. them to me. I could teach them, you know what I mean? I love I, it. Yeah, love and, it. I, and, and, and people always say, well, how much? And it's like, man, you know, we'll get to that later. Hey. Like we'll get to that money later. Right. Like I don't like right now. Just bring him, see what he's like, and see what mm -hmm. I could do to change. See if this is even what he wants to do. Because mm -hmm. at the same time, when they come, I kind of let them know, like, hey, this, like, you got to know what you're, you're, you know, I, I, you know, eye contact with the coach. Like my high school coach showed me that, like eye contact. Like right. there's little things that you can do, no matter how good you are, that can make you not make a team. You know, mm -hmm. or that can make a, you get on a coach's bad side. It's not all about basketball. You know yeah. what I mean? And I feel like this youth basketball kind of gives a little bit of bad habits sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to make it, you know, where, you know, it's kind of an even playing field. Yes, sir. Well, I, I love the, the concept of character developments because it's, it's bigger than basketball, as, you, as you've said. Um, it's not just, hey, I'm just trying to teach you a skill or I'm just trying to teach you an athletic skill or a coordinate or coordination but this is bigger. This is about who you are, your relationships, the way you interact, the way you carry yourself as a, as a person um, that speaks to it being uh, bigger than just, than just a game. I love what you're doing. And, and I want to make sure that our, even the parents tuning in, tuning in who have their children and are thinking about um, what to do or are thinking about, or even if they have doubts, they have doubts about their children. Can, can their children play? Are they gifted? Are they talented? Are they elite status? Should they even you know, try? Um, I think your brand and what you're doing is a, is a great outreach to the parents. It's fulfilling a need. And it gives, um, well, one, we, you know, there's power and beauty in and of itself in exercise. But then how you're taking it up a notch um, is a beautiful thing. Um, I know uh, we're, we're wrapping up time. So one, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, uh, we had... I had such a great time with you being here. I'm energized. I'm like, uh, I want to go do something. I want to be like your grandpa. I want to be a lion like him. Um, so I will say this, um, you know, recorded that uh, you're always welcome. You know, so I think there's so much we have to unpack. I think what you and I talked about, I think there's so many great stories we could talk about from your, your grandpa, his legacy. Um, we could talk about um, dealing with parents in this space because it's unique. You know, people are, are different. They can be challenging. Um, so I think we, we get some, there's, there's a lot more content that you and I can discuss that I think people can learn from and grow from. Um, the last thing maybe we'll touch on is, uh, you know, it is um, this week uh, Lion King's coming out. Yeah. So uh, I, I know I know you have the Lion Live brand and you got Lion King. You, so is that something you're planning to go to? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Thursday, I'm going to be out there watching. They got the kids coming. Yeah. Kids and everything. Yeah. Okay. So do you have to cancel basketball practice? Well, I'm going to go watch it after. Afterwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't cancel practice, but it'll be out. I said it for after. Okay. Well, good. Well, again, uh, thanks for, for hopping on the show. Um, it means a lot to get some of your time and uh, to learn from your journey and to share your journey so people are able to apply some of these principles to their lives. Man, I appreciate you even having me, man. It's a blessing. All right. So if you're tuning in, um, like like the like the the podcast, share it, um, subscribe to it, so that you'll you'll get a chance to hear more content like this, premium content to elevate you in your journey. Um, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you.